0: If we've not met. I'm Pastor Mike Ramsdale. As you see, we're moving into the invite message series, second week of that. And uh, we also are still celebrating a Boy Scout, a Cub Scout Sunday, and Girl Scouts as well are a big part of our church family. Uh, Scott was an Eagle Scout. He didn't tell you that, I don't think. Uh, As Caesar was a Cub Scout, I was a Boy Scout in Okinawa, Japan for four years. So That's our story. We celebrate the Boy Scouts, Cub Scouts and how they impact our lives in such a positive way. Uh, I want to add as well, uh, two opportunities. Uh, One is that we have coming up a marriage conference called Love and Respect Video Conference. It's in your bulletin. Uh, we'd love to have you attend and come together and enjoy and appreciate that time. We worked hard to bring that to you, maybe friends, someone else who might be a benefit by that conference. You can sign up online. Also, uh, check at the back. I'll tell you more about that. And the information's here available for you in the bulletin to be able to be a part of that. Uh, I'm the host of that. Uh, my wife, Rod is helping with it as well. We'd love to have you participate in the Love and Respect Video Conference, a very important one, a national conference. And we want to add that we have uh, men and women now in Rwanda, Africa, from our mission team there. Pastor David is on that team. Uh, Teresa Sherwood, our director of mission, is leading that team. As they connect with our Zoe Ministry Orphans, over 1,000. Uh, they get to not only uh, see those who are beginning the three year program, but those who are finishing. Really special to be able to do that. And so we mark their ministry there. And also they return back to us to help tell that story leading up to Easter and a very special message series. We talk about Rwanda and also what it means to be reconciled, delivered, set free, redeemed, all the core truths of what it is to be a Christian. So be aware of those things as well. Again, invite, second in the series, and I want to tell a story that may lead help you lead into this with me if you can. Uh, As a young pastor, uh, 25, 26 years old, I uh, served a very small church in, uh, southern, in, in the middle of Texas uh, for four years there, uh, and uh, had, some, had three men in the church show up on Saturday afternoon, uh, one, one Saturday, uh, Frank, Lonnie, and Charles. They had one of their big cars with them and said, uh, Brother Mike, they called you Brother Mike in that church, I want you to get in the car. Uh, they didn't tell me why or what for. Uh, But I did, because I knew them well, and I trusted them. And so I said, Rhonda, I'm going somewhere with Lonnie, Frank, and Charles, three old guys. I was young then. And I got in the car, and they took me to a barbershop quartet convention in Abilene, Texas. Uh, Took several hours to get there, spent the night there. We had great chicken fried steak as kind of a a reward for that. And I've got to say... I enjoyed that. It was something I would never have done. A brand new experience for me to be able to see what goes into that type of event. But the key was they invited me. I trusted them and I got in the car and off we go. The invitation is about that kind of relationship. We get invited to all kinds of things. We probably get invited to birthday parties uh, New Year's Eve parties, Christmas parties, uh, wedding parties. But I bet you will not go if you don't know who it's from. Am I right? If it doesn't say who the party is about or who sent the invitation, you're probably not going to go. You're going to want to know who it is. Do I trust them? Let's go. How important that is to understand that in the idea of the invitation. John 1:41. Uh, which is what you already heard read, but I want to think about that one verse, says this, Andrew, he, found first his own brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah. John chapter 1, the same text in a, a different translation says it like this, we have found the Messiah and he led him to Jesus. Different verses say the very same thing in a different way. We have a young man named Andrew Fisherman. He discovers Jesus the rabbi is not just a teacher, he is the Messiah, the Christ. First thing he does, he goes and finds his brother and says, I want you to come with me. I know where he is. I know where he's spending the night. I want you to join me in the journey. Get in the car. I'm going to take you to something very special. And that special person is Jesus I think all ministers have someone who kind of mentors them somewhat, and through my early years of ministry, I was mentored by Bill Henson. Now, he didn't know that. Uh, I read his books, heard his sermons many times. He, in those years, was the pastor of First Methodist Church Houston, where he led it to be the largest Methodist church in the country in those years, a great church, difficult season, but there it grew and made such a great difference in the Houston area, still does today. Today. And he had a season of each year where he called it Operation Andrew, where he encouraged all his members to go and invite someone to come to church or someone to come to Christ, like Andrew found his brother Peter and said, Come, and he called it Operation Andrew. Here's what I think that means. This is the first point that I want to share today. To commit to the Christian life or the Christian faith, to choose to accept and follow Christ, to become a part of the Christian church is to choose an invitational life, is to choose invitational living. We certainly come into faith by saying, many ways we say this is all kind of wording we might use, to say, Christ, come into my heart. Jesus, come into my heart. Lord, be my Savior. Lord, forgive me my sins. Lord, I give my life to you. You know, we do all that, and there we enter the faith by simply faith. The Bible says faith is what saves us. But then we must also choose to follow Jesus Christ as well. We can't just say, Lord, I believe in you, you're coming to my heart. Must choose to follow. And for many, if not all, the first step toward obedience to follow Christ is to invite others to follow as well. That was Andrew's first step of obedience. I found Jesus. Now I'm gonna follow you, Lord, by finding my brother Peter who would become the rock Christ had built his church upon, which of the gates of hell would not prevail against that church. And you know the story, many stories of the apostle Peter, who became a great leader in the early church and the Christian faith. It's very simple. Sharing the good news may be the first and most important aspect of being a real, serious, committed, I believe this, Christ follower. Sharing the good news may be the first thing that we do that makes that faith whole for us and begins a journey to what's next for us. And as you think about the invitation, the invitation to, for people to come to church, being a part of our faith and all the ways that invitation looks, I'm going to show you a video. It's kind of a funny video, I think. It speaks about simply inviting someone to come to church. So we'll title this, The Invitation or The Invite. Can we show that video now and turn the lights down so we can see it well? like every week but would you like to ride the church with me oh come on Mrs. Edwards you'll like my church we have some hot music it may not be what you're bumping at all but it's hot we get down what do you say Mrs. Edwards oh I suppose I've heard it said that 80% of first-time church visitors come because someone personally invited them. All people need to feel loved and wanted. And for some people, it just takes having someone offer to give them a ride to church. We have something great going on at this church. People's lives are being transformed by God's love. Your homework this week is to find at least one person who could use a little more of that love and invite them to come with you next week. Trust me, it's worth the extra effort. Mrs. Edward, you want to listen to some music on the way? Go ahead, your choice. Okay, here we are. Well, invite someone to church. I mean, you can always tell them, you know, it's got hot music or it's got, not quite like that, but you've got great music. You know, you might come and enjoy that. Uh, you might say, that we've got great people there. We've got a great God here, you know, the preacher. you like the preacher sometime. You know, you might, whatever you want to say, say that and invite them to come. But think about how the invitation works because offering the invitation, the next point, offering the invitation connects us to the people we love and the Christ we follow. And, and here me, be, please, in a very real way, it connects us one hand in the hand of God, one hand in the hand of those that we love. It completes the circle of faith for all those who believe. Without the invitation, something is all we're, we're falling short. We've not tried, quite re- reached that place where we can experience God the way we want to, and God wants us to experience Him. Now we bring that to the world that we live in. It's a critical thing. And many have heard this story, but when I was a young, when I came to Christ at 20 years of age, first thing I did was call my brother. I mean, I wanted him to know. Why would I not want my brother to know what Christ had done for me? So I called him in the middle of the Mediterranean. Our guests may not know this, but he was in the Navy. I was in the Navy. I was stationed in Georgia. He was in the middle of the Mediterranean on the John F. Kennedy. So I'd call him on ship, which is difficult to do. I want him to know too. Planned vacation that Christmas. It was October when I came to Christ, and so Christmas I got in my white Chevy 108 van with green shag carpet, eight-track tape player, and headed to San Angelo from Georgia. I wanted my mom and dad to know. I told my sisters, I had younger sisters. I wanted them to know as well. And then I told everybody in the barracks who would listen to me that I knew, especially my friends, what Christ did for me, what He might do for them. And that was the beginning of my journey to follow Christ. I'd already experienced Christ. Now I'm going to follow him. That's why I learned to live that out in my own journey. When you invite someone into a relationship with Jesus Christ, you're putting your hand in theirs and your one hand in God. There's lots of ways to do that, not always the way that I did and the way I even do now. Maybe here's a God-is-big-enough wristband. We have those at the back if you'd like to give those to someone. Many of you have already done that. Maybe I'm praying for you. Might be, hey, come to my church. I think you like it. We have eight services about me, you, one you're going to like. We got preachers all over the place, about one of them you're going to like. Come. We got classes and groups everywhere. Find, there's a place for you. Invite them to come. Uh, and, they, and, and enjoy what I have that I want you to have as well. In many ways, it completes faith. You may or may not know that to, to be a, officially a Methodist, we actually tie into a covenant. A covenant is a promise we make to God and God makes to us. In our church, that covenant is relatively clear and very simple, and it goes like this. We'll put that up for you to see. We renew our covenant faithfully to participate in the ministries of the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. So we're saying, I'm going to pray for my church. I want to be present. Good job. You got that one done. You're present. You, you've got one you can mark off. Our gifts, financially to give, give in other ways, service. Well, you're part really of our mission team in Africa right now. You have support that. Make that happen. Fund that. Pray for that. And then our witness. Exactly what is a witness? I want you to read this with me out loud, then I'm going to talk about witness for a moment. You read it out loud with me, and it's kind of a sense of covenant, if you wouldn't. We renew our covenant faithfully. Let's stop and put that. There it is. There It appeared. Good. Good job. Let's read that now. We renew our covenant faithfully to participate in the ministries of the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. Now, what is a witness? The good news is the Bible tells us. Very succinct, very few words, very simple. In First John one and three, now we put that up, and this is what it says: We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard. We tell you what we have seen and heard. I think sometimes we're afraid to really be part of invitation. We think we're we're not qualified. We don't know enough to do that. We don't know all the ideology of the church or all the doctrine of the church or all the right Bible verses or how we put it together. We, don't, we think we're not competent to do it, and so we save that for someone else to do, maybe someone who's been to seminary, someone who has the Bible memorized, someone who's been to class and is an expert on it. Untrue. Anyone can tell what they have seen and heard. I like my church. You know because you're here. You like it. You want someone else to share that. Anybody can say, I like my church. Pastor's sermon last week, I really like that sermon. I think you'll like it too. You know, we've got some great folks there. You know, you'll like it. It can be also something more in depth where you tell someone what you've seen and heard, where, you know, here in my life is where God touched my heart. Makes a real difference for me. Wait, so-and-so time or this moment or this day. Or or I had a season of my life where life was very, I was so depressed for about a year. And you know how I got through? When I woke up at three o'clock in the morning, I opened the Bible and I read the Psalms and I prayed and God got me through. I lost a loved one. I didn't know what I was going to do. But but somehow people around me and the God who touched me helped me through that. And pictures of heaven came into my life over just pictures of death. And we have your story, I was sick. Or I was addicted. Or I or fell into a temptation and I lost what I had, or I went through a divorce. We all have the, and God got me through. God helped me. Jesus touched my heart. The Lord saved me and forgave me. The uh, God got, gave me strength. It's your story, so you have to tell it. I can't tell it for you. I can only tell you my story, which I did very briefly. You tell your own story. We simply tell you here's what I've seen. Here's what I've heard. Here's the good news. Nobody can argue with it. There are a lot of things you can say they might argue with. They can't argue with your story. How can they say your story is wrong? It's your story. It's personal. It's real. They either are responsive or they don't, but they can't argue with your story. It's your story. It's what you have seen and what you have heard. We proclaim it in all kinds of ways. And you saw one way in the humorous video that a, a young man shared that story by inviting an older lady to church. Hear that story in a humorous way. Well, Matthew 5, 6 tells you a different way to tell the story and to be a witness. This is what it says here in those words. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. They me see your good works and glory. And now exactly what does that look like? could mean all kinds of things. But one thing I think means this. Two years ago in this church, I, uh, it came time for me to leave after morning series of worship services. We, three or four services uh, in the morning. We have five now in our church. So it's been a long day. Uh, get up early and come to church and uh, preach three times and do all the things pastors do on a Sunday morning. And uh, when it came time to leave the service, I went in the parking lot. There were a few cars left. And there was one car there with a, with a young woman in it who was just boo-hooing. She was just crying. She had some kids in the car with her, and uh, I wondered what the problem was. I had, did not know her, had not seen her before. I didn't know if she was a member of our church or not. And I went and knocked on the window, and she rolled down the window, and, and I, we talked for a while. Uh, and it turned out she wasn't here, had never been in our church, had not come that day. She did not want to hear a sermon at all. It wasn't what she was looking for. She didn't want to have any prayer. It wasn't why she was here. Uh, She wasn't here uh, uh, to be part of an offering or hear the music. She didn't didn't come into church. You know what she told me? She said, you know, my husband just left me, and my whole life has fallen apart. I don't know what I'm going to do next. I wanted to come someplace where I knew I would see some happy people. She waited for people to come out of the church to see happy faces. I knew if I saw happy people, I know I could survive to the next day. I'm paraphrasing some of the things she said, but I, I know I could survive the next day. It's all she wanted. That's to see happy faces. And they're not knowing it, glorifying the God in heaven who made those faces happy after they'd been to a worship time together as, as a Christian church. Let your light so shine before others. They'll see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. It means more than just that, but it means many things. I want you to see the impact of that. And what a witness actually can look like as we commit to being followers of Christ and not just what Christ has done for us. To commit not only to receive God's blessings in our own experience, but to offer those blessings to others by the word we're using in this series, invite the invitation. Acts 1.8 simply gives the marching orders for the church. But you will receive power When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, that you will be my witnesses. That's why you have power. That's what I give you power for. So the power of God's purpose is and completion is. And until we put the hand in God and the hand of others by the invitation, we do not fully experience God's power the way he wants us to and why many of us do not. We keep it to ourselves. Whether it be something as simple as, hey, come to my church. I think you'd like it. Something more in-depth, let me tell you about Jesus. Something as simple as, hey, my church is so-and-so. Here's here's how you find it. This is the website. I think you'll like it. Something more in-depth, which is, let me tell you what God's done in my life. And now I want to uh, offer you a challenge, a very real, concrete challenge that will change your life and the lives of others if if you're willing to do it. I want you to think about your story like this. And you can say your pastor suggested it if you'd like, but I want you to think about who your brother is. Now, Andrew knew who his brother was. He knew it was Peter. Now, I don't know who your brother is. It could be a brother, sister, mom, dad, grandparents, children, grandchildren, neighbor, cousin, coworker, maybe a church member. I don't know who your brother is. I know who my brothers are, and I have many of them. You know, and I, I share that and, and, want to, and want people to understand that. And so, who's your brother? Are you thinking who that person is? Who's that person that trusts you? You know, I got in that car <laughs> with Frank and Charlie and Lonnie because I trusted those guys, sang in the choir with them, knew them well, they were strong members of our church and I found myself in a place I never thought I'd ever be. You know, and so think the same way. Who, who is that person for you? And write them a note. Either do it on, on a Facebook message, uh, do it by a card or a letter or email, write them a note. You can Do it a number of ways. You can write the note to just that one person individually or write one note to so everybody you care about and you know. You can do it any way you want to, write a note. And what you need to put in that note is something like this. And Your story is yours, it's not mine. You can say, here, I want you to know who I really am. Now, sometimes people, especially that, that know us well, think that we just get through life because we're lucky. Often our kids think that about us. My parents just have always had it together. They're lucky. They've done really well. No effort for them. They have no idea how much I struggle. How hard life is for me. They have no idea about that, you know, when I know you do because you struggle too. So here's why I struggled in my life and God's grace came. It made such a difference for me. Here's that season I already alluded to where every morning at 3 o'clock I'd wake up and I'd open the Bible and just pray the Psalms. say, "God, Jesus, help me. Does I need help? You know? here's that time I dealt with uh, with cancer, or heart disease. And you know, the doctors were nice, but more important than that was, man, I prayed. For I went in there, I needed God's help. Here's what church has done. I go to church, and that it ties me, it ties me to my faith week by week by week by week, It connects me to God. It's my compass. You know, it's that anchor, it's that north star for me. You know, uh, and you have your story, whatever that might be. Here's that, here's that season that I just gave up, and I was a big sinner for about six months or a year or two, or ten or twenty years, and I gave into temptation. I did it all, and God forgave me all of that, and washed it away, and gave me a new life, new opportunities I never would have had. Here's when I went through a divorce, hardest, darkest time of my life, but God was faithful and I survived and here I am with a new life that I thank God for. What, are, what is that for you? Chances are people in your life have no idea that that's your story. They think again, you're just above it. You survive without any issue. You're lucky, you're strong, you know, you're all these things, you know, and then they, they wonder how that could ever be that. So that's what you do. So there's my challenge, who's your brother? You know who it is. Go home today write a note, send an email, put in a card. Facebook it, message page. And I, bl- I promise you it will change your life, it will change their lives, and it will change every significant relationship you have will be different. And it will complete the circle of faith, and there you will experience, and others will as well, the power of God. You know, that, that, that's, that's, that's simply the challenge that I give you today. Sitting in my house uh, and had three, I think we had two or three little kids at the time. I, can't, I think we just had two at the time, waiting for the third one to come uh, a few months or a year or so. Uh, and, out, and knock on the door, and there's, there's Frank, and there's Charlie, and there's Lonnie. And they were three leaders of the church, by the way, uh, that church as well, was chair of the finance, and was a big giver. They were people that I knew really well. Uh, and they said, Mike, our brother Mike, we want to take you someplace special. And tell your wife you'll be back till after midnight. And I'm thinking, what do I do? I get in the car, because I trust them, and I got in the car. So we're telling you to get in the car and invite others to get in your car. What a difference it will make. Will you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, we thank you for those who've invited us throughout our life. The mother or father were honest with us about their life and talked about prayer, how much it meant to them. The friend who shared with us that they had a time that was so difficult, they were lost and then they were found. Amazing grace. Person who lost their job and struggled with financially, didn't know what they were going to do and they, they began to, begin to get serious about faith and how it changed who they are and how they survived because of that. And, and Lord, where are we in that, God, and how do we share that with others? Mind us first, Lord, who our brother is in our life. Give us those names. Help us, God, remember our story, how faithful you have been to us. Then, God, give us the courage to to share it. Simply or complicated, it doesn't matter, Lord. Just help us know when and how and who. Share that with. And make it so, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.